Hey, all you nature nerds, welcome to You're Gonna Die Out There. Hey Jen, how's it how's it going? It's going great. We are <laughs> now to episode seven. Really? Yes. Wow. I know. Just rolling right along. We're just counting that three parter, three, four, five. So. Hey, we're still in February. Are we still in February? Yeah, and it's a short, it's a short month, month. And we've just been rolling them out. Oh my god. Well, I yeah. mean, you know, that's what that's what we're here for. I do have a friend, Kat, mm-hmm. who has been binge listening to us and shared a video with me recently of her like jamming out to our theme song. <laughs> and I'm totally going to ask her wow. if we can post it. It's so hilarious. And I love her so much. But... I love that because yeah. I too jam out to our theme song. Well, it's great. Yeah. It's pretty fun. It's yeah. entertaining. It's got a good beat. Doop, 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 doop. Yeah. Yeah. It's very... We, we spent a long time listening to different... I, I think I spent the majority of the you time, did. I think I listened to like 300 different little mm-hmm. bitty bops and sounds to oh. try and, and then I would bring like, what, like a tray of them to you. And I'd yes. be like, here, it's a little, you know, it's like a wine testing. <laughs> and I was like, here's all these different ones. And we would listen to them. And I'd be like, oh, they're all great. Like, yeah. I, I don't think I'm really good at helping with that kind of stuff. I'm like, that one sounds good too. We Well, there were some we absolutely were like, yeah, no, that's, that's too that's serious. True. Yeah. We're not that serious. We're not that cool yet. So we kind of, but we picked this one because it was so fun. And it has animal sounds in it. It does. The wolf at the, the, the beginning. The wolf at the beginning was that, like, a, that kind of sealed the deal for yeah, me. I almost just said sealed the deal. Wow. Same brain. Yes. All right. <laughs> Mind meld. We are going to talk about something this week that's very important to both of us. It just so happens to coincide uh, with all the stories, all the great stories that we've been getting. Hey, Megan. What's up? Is it the 60-year anniversary for the Peace Corps? Holy shit, Jen. It is. It is. Amazing. Can you believe it? What a huge part of our lives that was. 60 years ago, yes. Right. <laughs> back in, back in aught. <laughs> in the yeah. 1900s. Back in the, no, that wasn't it. We were 1800s, there. 1800s? But- yeah. We were there in the yeah. early aughts of the... The, the early aughts. Of the That's 2000s. True. Our predecessors who paved the way for us, those Kennedy kids who chose to be... They were probably just super hippies. Yeah. And they were like, I'm going to totally do this. Yeah. I feel like for me, it was, a, it was an opportunity for a kid who had no money to travel, to travel. <laughs> But it wasn't this really like truth. traveling. It's like, you're just going to go and stay somewhere for a couple of years. Right. But I was like, cool, cool. At that time in my life, I had always wanted to travel somewhere, mm-hmm. but not in like a touristy way. Right. Like I want to travel and like live with a family, see what it's all about. Yeah. Like you know? really know what it's like. I have the real experience. And I remember people saying like, I couldn't do two years. It's too long. And it's actually like two years and three months because you have three right. months of training and then two, two mm-hmm. years that you commit i remember a lot of people saying that i was like yeah but how are you really gonna know unless you stay there right and it's true because after the first year is when we kind we felt like it was actually 
clicking click yes things were happening yes it's when you and then by the time you finish your two years you feel like well i'm not done like like but, i just got everything going things are just moving forward and mm-hmm. then it's time to peace out well that's when you just extend a year like you did yeah well i <laughs> i didn't actually extend with peace corps but i did stay like another six years yeah i mean close enough it's all good <laughs> i was like i don't need you peace corps I'm going to do this by myself. Right? Oh, my God. That's my puppy in the background. Pika. She is. She's so adorable, though. She's so adorable she's, that she's. Honestly, out of, the only thing that's going to come out of this podcast, really, is that Pika is going to become internet famous for her ridiculous cuteness. She looks like a fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and I love her so much. <laughs> yes. And a tiny is, teddy bear. But she yeah. She look like a tiny teddy bear. Yeah, Peace Corps definitely, we went through like stages when we first got there. Mm -hmm. Many, many stages. (laughs) Many stages. And then by the the last years, you know, like the new set of Peace Corps that come in, Mm -hmm. by the time that new set when we were like, you were back and I had extended Mm -hmm. and then I stayed past that. And then there was that new group that came in and we were so over it. We were so callous. (laughs) We were so uh, ready to, you know... I don't think we were ready to be helpful to them, but no, yeah, we were just like grumpy at that point. I don't think either of us were those kind of like Peace Corps who were overly optimistic. It was like we had no expectations. Well, and I think that that's the whole point, right? Is that people who went in because we went in with thirty volunteers in our right. group, and there were fourteen. That sounds in right. the end. Yeah. yeah, I think most over half left they dropped out early and i think a lot of those people had some sort of expectation of what they thought their experience was going to be right and it just it's never what you think it's going to be so we shouldn't talk about it too much because we're going to do a mini-sode we asked like i think we mentioned it in our last episode that we Mm -hmm. reached out to some return peace corps volunteers for their stories and we got some and we're going to do a whole separate special episode. We're going to do two, right? Yes. Because Peace Corps Week is from February 28th through yes. March 6th. Yep. And we're going to do two episodes of just Peace Corps stories. And they're going to be so good. They're so funny. They're fun. They are very funny. Yeah, they're great. And it's, you know, a lot of them are kind of based on nature themed, but mm-hmm. we might have more later at some point. You never know. I think there might be a a shit your pants story in there. I think there's one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Definitely. Well, because, I mean, people are just being (laughs) shy about that. Come on. I was really surprised at the number of Peace Corps who didn't mention. Yeah. They're just, they're holding back. Don't don't be afraid. Just listen. We know what happened. It's a safe place here. It's so safe. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to tell the world. But hey, we did ask if we, you know, could use names or their host country. So. You know, if you put that out there, that's on you. It's <laughs> it's totally on you. So we're just going to we're going to let the world know because gonna, yeah. everybody listens to our podcast. Everybody. Yeah. We're going to get like 50 anonymous shit your pants stories. I'm we're just going to have like a whole shit your pants episode. We'll see. We'll see about that. But for now, we have we still have a lot of awesome stories. So mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. ready for that, everyone. Gonna be so good. So I know that you have a kick-ass story to tell us this week, Ajin. I do. It's so good. It's so different from any of the ones we've done so far. So Mm. I'm I'm excited about that. But before... Yes. (laughs) Oh, do you have some news? I have a little bit of news. I actually tweeted this on our account. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Like a professional now. 
That's <laughs> just I, I need laying to... in bed at night scrolling. I'm just counting on you for all these things. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I tweeted about this uh, because the BBC Wildlife Online magazine right posted an article about David Attenborough Aww. is going to have a new program or a programmy because they're English. Get it? Because there's an e on the well, end. but wouldn't they think that theirs is right and ours is wrong? Sure. They're like, why did you take off the extra me on the end? <laughs> Yeah, starting Sunday, this coming Sunday, on the Mm -hmm. BBC One. So for all of our one UK listeners. (laughs) Don't worry. They'll start. You know what? Go. You can get the BBC on your TV now, wherever you live. Yes. Like, just go to your smart TV. You can get get anything, anywhere. Yeah. Anytime. And I think it's going to be worth it. It's a two-part series. Mm -hmm. I think it's called Attenborough's Life in Color. And I retweeted the link, so it has the whole article in there that you yeah. can read from the Wildlife Online magazine. So is it just about um, like his life or... No, he's in it. I mean, he's like... Okay, so yeah. I, versus... I, I'll read you a little okay. thing from yeah, the... Yeah, fill me yeah, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it just says, classic questions such as why are tigers orange, zebras stripy, and flamingos pink are all answered with nuance and the latest science is applied to a host of other familiar... I can't say that word familiarly flamboyant characters from peacocks to poison dart frogs things get even more interesting when we look beyond our limited human perception and consider species from their own unique visual perspectives oh so it's just about visual i get it colors color like why yeah oh that's good and i think one episode is gonna focus on sex what what and then the next episode is gonna focus on like survival okay so I'm kind of stoked. Yeah. Well, because nothing go... he does is bad. I, this is the truth. He's just amazing. How is old amazing. is he now? He started, you know, when he started his Instagram a few months ago, Aww, it was like six bless. months ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like immediately followed him and yes. he got, I think it was some kind of record, like oh. the most follows on Instagram in a in 24 hours or something like that. It was like more than Obama. Right. I don't know. Really? <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, so I went to graduate school in the UK, mm-hmm. and one of my classmates is from the same city as... Village? Yeah. Or whatever? They don't call them villages. What do they call them? I, they're cities. I swear they call them villages. I, I watch a lot of British procedurals. Don't they call them... I thought they call them village. No, I don't think so. Ye old village? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. I'm going to check where he's... So we're back. We We looked that up. First of all... He is 94. Yes, he's 94. And he is from Isleworth, which I don't remember my friend saying she's from there. But that's what it says, which is a town. Not a village. Not a village. That's amazing that he's 94 and he's still just doing the thing. He's like, I'm just David Attenborough over here. He's just going to just keep going until... Let's not think about it. Let's not. So yeah, that's the David Attenborough BBC two-part series update. update. Nice. Hey, did you see this thing in the news about Lady Gaga's dog walker getting shot and then somebody stole her dogs? What? Yes. So What, What kind of dogs? French bulldogs, I think. Oh. I don't know if she still is, but she was in Italy. It's like a good family friend that's mm-hmm. taking care of her dogs. I don't know why they call him the dog walk, but I mean, he was out walking her dogs. Yeah. And somebody shot him. He's in the critical condition, Jeez. this poor guy. And somebody stole her dogs. So I guess I saw it in the news yesterday, but then I saw in the news today that her dad is like, you know, asking for help to figure out who did this. And yeah. That's just nuts. 
Do you think that they knew that those were her dogs? Oh, for sure. Mm. 100%. They're like, let's steal Lady Gaga's dogs. I mean, the what price are you gonna of do being famous, I guess. You're I don't gonna know. You're going to just like keep them? I yeah, I don't You're going to sell them on the black dogs. market. dogs and that poor guy and poor everybody. That's just anyway, mm. as my dog is right now chewing on my arm while I'm trying to keep her quiet. So we have Megan's big log-shaped well, dog with his little clickety-clackety nails that likes to get up and walk around and then <laughs> yeah. I have this little tiny land shark. Well, it's like Pika has a lot of stuff going on right now. And then, yeah, Saber, you say large dog, but I mean, he's a shorty. He's a lowrider. He is a lowrider. He's Um, so sweet. He's so sweet. And then four cats. Just Just four cats. Just four cats. And at least two of them are talkers. Very meow. And we have to put them in the garage. There was just a paw going around under the door just now. What is up with them? I don't know. They're just like, well, they're not allowed in the pod area. Yes. They're not allowed in here. And they really want to know what's up with these chairs that we have and the carpet and the foam. Yeah. They're like, all the good stuff is in there. They've been plotting for weeks (laughs) to get in. And I'm like, you're staying out there. They're like, someday. Well, and th- I think they get sad because Saber gets to come in every day with me because yeah. he has his little doggy bed and he's so good. He just lays right down in it. He stays yes. with me all day and does his, we call it logging. He just looks like a log <laughs> laying down, like not moving. He just he logs, logs hard. He logs hard. He logs hard. <laughs> he lays down with me all day and the cats are always like, meow, meow, meow. You guys like, sleep. what kind of a facility are you running here, lady? <laughs> right. there, But they get to sleep in the bed with me every night, yeah. which is why I'm still single. But it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, you know. I'm going to have to get a California king. <laughs> and you some more cats. Get, get a, one of those co-sleeper beds for like babies. Oh, my God. <laughs> you just like, so good. my cats co-sleep with me. <laughs> <laughs> they would love it. They would. They would that would be so insane. Can you imagine bringing somebody home? Like, hi. For is, some sort of sexy like, time. Right. And they're just like, well, you have a baby? Down, You're like, no, those are for, um, those are for my cats. <laughs> That's my specialized. I have four co-sleepers. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they need me at night. <laughs> I have to be readily available. <laughs> oh, oh man. That might solve some problems, though, from them, like... I hate when my cat comes and he'll sleep like right between my legs. And then you you can't move. I can't move. So I have to pull my legs up like to my chest and then over and then back down because God forbid I move my cat. Right. (laughs) They're so comfortable. They're so comfortable. Well, I feel like as soon as I move in, he's going to start being an asshole and doing stuff and like batting things around my room or wanting to go out or whatever. As soon as you move, they're like, oh, you're up. Is it time to eat right now? Cats are cats are assholes i'm sorry <laughs> they are they assholes. really are i love my but cats so much but they're amazing they're amazing assholes i will say one thing for panda my big black and white tuxedo cat is that like he's the one cat who doesn't get up until i'm really up like i will get up and go to the bathroom and every other cat is like meow, 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 meow. yeah and panda is just laying on the bed because he's like she's coming back you guys you guys just she's, chill. she's just peeing go right back now. to sleep go back to sleep what are you doing right and I love that about him. Yeah. And I get back in bed and he's the only one laying there. And he's like, I told you guys. He knows how to read you. Yeah. He knows what's up. He knows when it's time to really get up. It's when I put the slippers on. Oh. Then we're then we're walking out of the room. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. This is happening. a total outtake. Yeah. This is absolutely an outtake. <laughs> it's going on for 25 minutes just talking about cats. Yeah. 
it's happening. All right. Well, anyway, so yeah, I just saw that in the news and I don't know. That's very sad. It is very sad. I just feel sad. And that poor guy, hopefully he's going to be okay. Yeah. He's just trying to walk a dog. He's just taking care of the dogs for Lady Gaga, which awesome. Like, I'll take care of your dogs. Right. I hope they find them. They need to call in Dog the Bounty Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Get a good get. I would watch that episode 100%. Totally. Yeah. Although his wife isn't around anymore and I, I kind of liked her. But I know. She was, she was pretty cool. Good times. <laughs> well, I think those are all the updates. So speaking of dogs. Yeah. I have a really interesting story this week. Oh, yeah? Well, it's actually a multi-story. I love it. But along the same theme. So this week, Megan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about, it's another survivor story, but a little bit of a twist. I dig it. I'm going to talk about feral children. Shut up. And not, I'm not talking about our children, which I'm sure some people have referred to as feral. Definitely. But I'm talking about the real feral children who ended up being raised by animals. Like full on raised by wolves. Yes. And other animals. I am really excited to listen to this because that blows my mind yeah i'm like how what are the logistics i want to know everything well i'm going to tell you as much as i could find on the internets perfect and there actually there's a book but i didn't have time to read it but i'm going to talk about it because it got pretty good ratings and i feel like i downloaded it like on my kindle so i'm gonna read it it's not on audible this whole story about feral children Mm -hmm. is it's super sad because obviously they were either lost or abandoned or ran away from some horrible thing and that's how they ended up alone alone in the jungle or where have you some of they're not all in the jungle but Mm -hmm. it is really interesting and it's something that's been studied for a long time so it's just not a super deep dive i'll start with this fella named dinna sanachar i think it's dinna it's indian Okay. From India. We watched a lot of Bollywood. Back you in watched the day. a lot of Bollywood. I did watch a lot I of Bollywood. Not I'm gonna I'm gonna and I did have a roommate for a period of time, Reedy from Mumbai, and I'm gonna say that Dinna sounds very Dinna Indian to me. Okay. We're gonna take it back to back. India in the eighteen hundreds, around eighteen sixty six. Actually, this is about 1872 when this happened. Okay. But he was born in 1866. Okay. It's in Sikandra. And I'm going to say all of these probably completely wrong, but come on. You know what? You're doing your best. Uh, This is not my language. I've never been there. As much as I really want to go to India, as a matter of fact, that's been on our list for a long time. I'm pretty sure I just keep updating the sticky note. Yeah. Like India, 2008. India, India. <laughs> 2011. <laughs> India, I think 2022. The, I think the last one was 16. And then we're like, yeah. okay, well, maybe when our kids are this age. Right. Yeah. It's going to happen. It, I feel it in my bones. I need to go see my friend, Reedy, and her family Ugh. and be like, show me everything about how you live. I'm, I'm obsessed. I know. I can't wait. Anyway, Sikandra, I think, is how you say it in Uttar Pradesh. Mm-hmm. which is in the northern Indian jungle. So there were some hunters. They're walking through the woods. And this is according to this, you know, story. Okay. They're walking through through the woods. They saw a pack of wolves walking, like lumbering through the forest. And usually wolves, and we're going to talk about wolves in a little bit. Usually wolves, like, keep their distance from mm-hmm. people, for sure. So they're just walking through, and they're, like, behind the wolves, trying to keep up was a small child on all fours following the pack. 
And they're like, what, what, what? They just like, took a second, third, fourth, fifth take. And they were like, what is happening right now? Like a full-on Mowgli. Exactly. And this is the story that Mowgli is, was made from. Shut the front door, Jen. That's why I'm starting with this one. I love it. Okay. So they see this little kid. So the hunters follow them. They went into a den. And this is the sucky part. And it happens mm. like every time they went, they started a fire to smoke them out. Mm. And when they all came out, they killed all the wolves no. naturally and then took the boy. That's his family. I know. Right. It's really sad. And that always happens. It's like I've kind of seen a theme in some of these is that they end up killing the wolves or animals mm. that are taking care of. Not always, but in this case, yeah. I'll go into kind of a little bit of the history on the human-animal conflict in India, what I could find. But sure. that I mean, they definitely, especially back then, wolves have always been vilified and mm-hmm. they think they're evil and terrible. And They eat grandmothers, Jen. No, they, well, there they steal kids and they right. eat babies. So that's, yeah. So they just killed them all, took the boy because they thought, well, we're saving him. Mm-hmm. And they guessed he was around six years old. But other sources say he was like more like 10. It's just he was so malnourished and tiny. Yeah. They assumed he had left. He got left in the jungle at a very early age, maybe two or three. Not sure. So they took him to an orphanage and, of course, baptized him. And that's when he was given the name Dina Sanachar, which actually means Saturday because that's when they Found arrived. Him? Yeah, he arrived at the orphanage that day. On a Saturday. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> that's I don't know. I think that. That kind of sucks. Uh, it's kind of like we were eating waffles that morning. Let's just call them waffles. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like. <laughs> that reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where there's like they named their kid seven. You know, I don't remember that one. You don't remember that? I, no. I swear. Someone's going to be like, that's not what it was. But I'm pretty sure George was like wanted to name his kid seven. But then these people, he had been talking about it or something. And then these people, they went to a, a, a baptism or something. Someone had a new baby and they're like, oh, this is our baby seven. And he was like, that was the name of, you know, just George. Yeah, but a total Costanza moment. But I don't, total. I don't remember that one. Now I'm gonna have to go check my Seinfeld files. After they found him and brought him to the or- orphanage, he was naturally he was referred to as the Indian Wolf Boy, and you'll we'll see a theme here: Wolf Boy or this girl or right. that boy. Did he join the circus? No, he didn't. He was actually one of many feral children, according to lore. That had Mm -hmm. been found over the years. So it turns out in India, there's this like long history of children being raised by all kinds of animals like panthers and dogs, even chickens. I'm like, (laughs) Jen, Jen. chickens, come on. I mean, there, I, I could see it. That's my spirit animal. That's pretty good. But I do love my chickens a lot. I'm telling you right now. I maybe I'll just leave the kids with the chickens for a few weeks and see how it goes. (laughs) Right? I'm like, you know. It might go really well. Really? I know. Um, Learn how to forage. Scratch. (laughs) Just your yard will be ripped up everywhere. (laughs) Right? Uh, No, but if if I were going to choose an animal to raise me, you know, like if you had a choice. Right. I would definitely choose a panther. I feel like in a lot of these cases, there is one. I didn't add it to the story, but there is a a leopard kid that was supposedly raised by some leopard. But a lot of those people later were like, eh, I don't know. (laughs) You know, like they usually just eat kids. Like they said a mom, like a female leopard, like snagged a kid and just took it off into the jungle. And raised it. I I feel like that's a stretch. But you never know in this world. All kinds of crazier things have happened. Who knows? So they brought him back. He struggled. 
He was walking on all fours. He only wanted to eat raw meat. And they were like, the people at the orphanage, people are such assholes. They're like, he has a really low IQ. And one of the fathers was like, who headed the orphanage, noted that he was undoubtedly an imbecile or idiotic. And he still showed signs of reason, but mostly he was just kind of crazy. He barked at people. He was growling. He didn't want to use any utensils. He didn't want to wear clothes. He actually never learned how to speak. Oh, or read or write. And that is also a common theme because right. there's just kind of like that period in a kid's life mm-hmm. where they learn how to speak. But there's also a theme here, and I'll get to that in a second. So he communicated by making animal noises, but uh, and eventually he did learn to walk normally, but it wasn't quite normal because he had been walking on, you know, all fours for a while. Right. His fingers kind of bent up. His nails are really long. Mm-hmm. You know, he had calluses on his hands and his knees, and he never really could connect with people. I think somebody said there was another dog or jackal that would come around, and he wanted to be with that one. He was really short, they said, only 160 centimeters. Do you know what that is? Let me just tell you. I'm 165. It's 5'2", which is my height. (laughs) (laughs) I read that. I was like, wow, that's really short, 160 centimeters. Boopity boop. What is that? (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Anyway. Oh. Um, but that's how tall he was by the time he was 18. And he didn't develop mentally much either. So they also described him as having a low forehead, prominent teeth, and he was very restless and fidgety. Despite showing like hardly any human traits, he did manage to make a friend. And it was another feral kid that they found living out in the jungle or on the streets or something. And the, those two were able to kind of bond, maybe because they kind of felt sorry for each other. Mm-hmm. or And they... They actually taught each other kind of how to drink out of a cup. That's super cute. After 20 years, so he stayed in the orphanage the whole time. The only thing he ever really picked up Mm -hmm. that was kind of like a human type trait was um, chain smoking. (laughs) (laughs) So he... Wait, was he he also in Peace Corps? (laughs) I'm pretty sure. He really loved... He was uh, what they called a prolific chain smoker. (laughs) This like bit. i know but it's just it's still, funny it's still kind of funny i mean he was obviously real fidgety and just like <laughs> he just he was needed like, that he's like f this place well they took him off of his uh paleo diet <laughs> exactly <laughs> he's like that's my paleo so not not long after he was found is when um kipling wrote the beloved children's book the jungle book yeah which talks about a man cub mowgli who wanders around in the forest and gets adopted by animals. So a lot of th- people think that this was where he, you know, the character was based on from mm-hmm. the Jungle Book. Actually, and during the time, um, around the same time he was discovered, there were four other feral wolf children found. Jeez. Like, what's going on here, people? So he lived out his life. He chain smoked the hell out of those cigarettes. And then he, <laughs> he actually died of tuberculosis in 1895. Oh, that's sad. Well, at least it wasn't lung cancer. <laughs> well, they kind of thought that maybe the chain smoking contributed to the TB. TB. Yeah. Consumption, Jen. Consumption. That We're going to post a picture. And I'm sure living and being malnourished and all that didn't help. But some people think he had some other disorders. And so it's kind of along the lines of maybe thinking that um, so a lot of these kids may have been dumped because they came from a very impoverished families that mm-hmm. 
they had a special needs kid that they just couldn't you know they couldn't deal they couldn't deal with it taking mm-hmm. care of the child raising a child that was you know had any kind of um special needs and they just left them in the jungle which kind of blows my mind i think we've talked about this before that there was that one girl who had she's special needs she has a she had like a conjoined twin just the oh, limbs oh right 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 and then mm-hmm. she's like worshipped as the next goddess lakshmi the goddess of wealth it's like people would come and worship her yeah, I think that's interesting that those kids would be kind of thrown away into the forest, but then some kids well, with like specific kinds of other deformities, special needs, yeah. yeah, would be worshipped. Who knows what would be going through a parent's head, but they might think, I can't kill this child because it's my child. Right. It says that during the last century, there's been nearly 50 cases of wolf children fa- allegedly found in India. And they all um, have traces of jungle life in their behavior, meaning they walk on all fours, they can't speak, they, you know, bark or growl or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, their toes and fingers are turned kind of inside out, you know, because they're mimicking walking like right. a wolf or some animal. And they have calluses on their um, knees and palms, palms. feet. This has been questioned by all kinds of sociologists, psychologists, but they believe in India that there are she wolves, mm-hmm. lady wolves. Ladies. Oh. <laughs> I feel like a, a <laughs> she wolf. I mean, anyway, that kidnaps human children and will adopt these children and keep them as like, their own. Like on purpose. But it says a lot of these cases were later debunked. Sure. I can't imagine that a wolf would I be like. Let me go take care of this human child. Right, right. Because human kids are so difficult. What I feel like <laughs> is that, I know, right? Uh, if you're thinking about in the animal kingdom, like literally, I mean, the the yeah. amount of work required for a human child versus like a cub. Well, what I think is that it could have been that a baby or a small child crawled into a cave mm. and there was you know, wolves in there or cubs and it just curled up with them and the wolf didn't kill it. Right. You know, and just let it follow them, like tolerated it. And it followed the wolves around, the kid did, and just tried to fend for itself. I could maybe see that happening. Well, yeah, because, I mean, dogs, mm-hmm. female dogs who are uh, nursing will take other pups. From- right, right. Kind of going back with the human-wolf conflict in India, there's kind of a history on that because they're saying that a large population of gray wolves evolved in, in the Himalayans in India. Mm-hmm. And so they actually once had a very large wolf population. They still do in some of the more remote areas, but there's also a pretty large population around the cities. And, you know, we always have like the human animal conflict as Mm -hmm. people's the population grows and they spread out 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 into the habitat of wildlife there's Mm -hmm. always going to be a conflict and so as people started moving out further from the city and they had you know especially people who raised livestock Mm -hmm. started having more issues so some of it is that so say they have a sick cow or and a lot of people in india don't eat cows right but if there was a sick animal and they kind of just toss it somewhere then the wolves would find that and scavenge and eat those so they started moving closer to where the people and the livestock are right but people got you know wise to that and started protecting their livestock by like bringing them in Mm -hmm. or whatever and so apparently a long time ago 
because these wolves were moving closer and maybe, you know, there wasn't as much of their usual prey in those areas. They Mm -hmm. were trying to get the livestock. And if they couldn't get to the livestock, they actually did sometimes attack children. And there was like a rash of that for a while. And so there is some like history going back of like stealing children or killing children. Mm -hmm. And then there was another big sporadic fatal attacks on children in the like late 90s. So in other parts of the Uttar Pradesh, and it's just because there's just so many people there and they have very low economic status. And that's where they're vilified and seen as evil. But right. normally wolves don't interact with people. Well, yeah, I was going to say they're chum in the waters. Exactly. They're, you're throwing a hurt, sick animal out there for the wolves mm-hmm. to eat. They're going to be like, oh, this is our new source of food, just right. like sharks. And then when you take it away, and then they're kind of looking for right. what they're going to get. But like the wolves, they say that are out in the Himalayas, they don't mm-hmm. do that. They live on the prey out there. Right. It's too bad that wolves always get a bad rap. My husband went to Alaska a couple of years ago, not being from any area like that. He wasn't didn't really know much about wolves wolves and he was with people who were from alaska and they saw wolves like a pack running like pretty far away Mm -hmm. and it was the alaskans that were like oh no there's they don't bother people like they keep their distance right they have their own food source they don't bother us not like in and, but uh, he had never he always heard like that they were dangerous and they attacked right. people he didn't know but they're actually but if you grow up on like disney movies exactly yeah <laughs> exactly so there's a little bit of that Oh, the book I was going to tell you guys about is called Savage Girls and Wild Boys. So I love the title of that. It was published in 2004 by Michael Newton. Mm-hmm. And I downloaded it, but I still have to read it. So I may come back with some follow-up juicy, juicy bits from that book. Get it together, Jen. I'm sorry. I just can't read a book in every week because I have like... Do your 40-hour work week. <laughs> raise your kids. kids. <laughs> Look, Do people. all the things. We're and just here purely for your entertainment. Yeah. We could audible a book every week. You know, if it were well, on audible, uh, even then, that's a stretch. You just got to be in the I car. Just, anytime a lot. I, yeah, it, I don't drive anywhere. <laughs> I'm just always home, yeah. and my kids, as I mentioned, are always like, "Hey, mommy, look at this. Mommy, look at mom, that. Mom, mom, mom." mom. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is another famous case, but it was two girls that were oh. found together, and their names. Well, the names they were given is Amala and Kamala, which. Kamala. What? Apparently, they were found by this reverend named J A L Singh, S I N G H. Like J A L R. That's J A L, and those are initials. initials. There yeah. we go. That's J A L Singh. He claimed to have found the girls in October of 1920 when he was on a mission in India near some place called Mindapore. Okay. Um, not far from Calcutta. Oh. According to the book, which Savage Girls and Wild Boys, A History of Feral Children, he was told about these girls that were living in the jungle. He wanted to go check it out. And there was a villager who had claimed to see a ghost and wanted him to go and exercise it. He put a party together and they went and they found some wolves moving through the jungle, followed by two forms he just saw that they had like tangled dark hair they went and followed these again these wolves and these two little ring girls little scary ass (laughs) can you imagine i'd be like i'm good i'm just leave them they're 
They're fine. You're asking for trouble. I know. Initially, they wanted to shoot all of them on the spot, of course, because just bang, bang. Including, wait. Including the scary. The girls. The girls. Yeah. And he's like, wait, wait. So they went into a den and they tried to get them out. And they said the she-wolf was kind of coming out and trying to protect these girls. And he was like, that's pretty interesting. And then the men shot the wolf. (sighs) their mom, and took the girls. And I guess there were some cubs too and they sold them at the market. When he found them, according to him, and this is the only, he's the only one that documented this, so there's still like a lot of skepticism around this story, but Mm -hmm. he claimed that the one they named Kamala was about eight years old and the other was about one and a half. And are they siblings? They estimated that they must have been snatched from different families at different times. Oh. But they were also, again, I mean, the ages could have been off because they were really malnourished. And they thought that maybe Kamala, the little, the older one, had been living with the wolves for like seven years. So since she was one. Oh, wow. How is, I don't know how that's possible. But anyway, again, they acted like animals. They ran on all fours. They you know, shunned other humans. They just weren't into it. If they, other people tried to approach them, they would like bare their teeth, like scratch and bite and mm-hmm. act all crazy. And they were also paleo. Super paleo. So Yes. So according to this guy seeing in um, early September of 1921 at the orphanage and they got a stomach problem, probably because they were filled with worms and things. Yeah. I mean, imagine, right? All the stuff. All the things. And they were both out of it, just completely unconscious for a while. They appeared to get better and then back again. And the little one, Amala, she she died. Oh. And it was very sad. Oh, that is very and sad. And that was the only time they ever saw Kamala like cry like some tears and get sad. Over the next couple of years, so Kamala stayed on with them and she learned to kind of speak a few words that she would kind of mumble, it was difficult to understand, but she never was able to really speak fluently. And she liked to sing. She would go and like go and sing to trees and go around. It's just a very sad little lonely story. And in 1928, when she was about 16, her health began to deteriorate. They they didn't know what was wrong with her, and eventually she passed away on uh, in 1929. Oh wow! Yeah, I wonder if that's just being away from her family, essentially, that she grew up with. Yeah, just being sad. Just being, well, never being able to connect with other humans. Right. So in 1959, there was some sociologist that had this theory that the girls were maybe autistic or that she suffered from um, Rett syndrome, which is this rare genetic uh, neurological disorder. Apparently, it only occurs in girls. Oh. And it leads to impairments such as their ability to speak, walk, eat, and even breathe easily. Oh, wow. So there's another one where probably the child may have been disabled at some point early on and mm-hmm. was left and found her way to some like cave or was able to survive out there somehow. Right. But a lot of people also doubt his story. It was recorded that they did act like animals. Sure. So. That makes sense. Who knows? At least that part. At least that part. So some other famous, so those were some that were kind of around that same time, like late 1800s, early 1900s. So you ready for some other famous ones? Yes. This one is Peter the Wild Boy. Is he a wolf? (laughs) 
he is not a wolf and it's also sad he's just the wild. he's just a wild boy he's just a wild boy so he was found living alone and naked and afraid in german <laughs> in a- <laughs> that was good thanks in a german forest in 1725 so wait a taking minute. it back what wait a minute i mean that is peter and the wolf it is that's that's a german folk story peter but and the wolf. i didn't see anywhere where this i mean i think that's a very different story from sure this one. well yeah but maybe they just like the name peter but they didn't call him Wolf Boy. He was just a wild boy because he was wild. They think that he was probably abandoned by his parents again and just left to kind of figure it out. They found him and when he was around 11 or 12. And at the time, London, he was brought to London to King George I, where he became like a human pet at the Kensington Palace. People do that now <clears throat> for what? recreational purposes, if you know what I mean. They like to be put in dog collars. I don't know and... where. Oh, that's where you're going with this? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. No. Not that kind of recreational. Oh, okay. He was more. Just like a jester, but. Like a jester because they were so intrigued. Entertainment. Yeah. They were intrigued by that he was found like out in the wild, like, you know, running around naked. And they were like, he is a, he is a wild boy. Let's, uh, let's, you know, observe his behaviors or something. His I don't know. Wildness. People are just crazy it was speculated by some that he was raised by wolves or bears oh you know german bears yeah and his wild appearance and erratic behavior was really entertaining to them back then i guess they were really into it and like studying him and trying to figure out what it was that do we have a picture of him yes but it's it's like a painting or a drawing right apparently back then the Uh swedish botanist carl linnaeus Oh. Who is known as the father of modern taxonomy. I reached way back into my brain the beginning of biology when we learned when we learned that. That yeah. sounds super familiar. It sound yeah, it sounded really familiar to me and I was like, Why do I know this? So twenty five years ago we learned about but it. But since so he was all about naming things, which is where all that came from for species. He was really into Latin. He was super into Latin and he came up with a whole new category for this guy, mm-hmm. which he called Peter Juvenus Hanoveranus. <laughs> Wait, H- Hanoveranus. <laughs> Wait, it's H A N O V E R A N U S. There's no other way to Hanoveranus. <laughs> Hanoveranus. That's all I can. That's all I can think of. Well, he was naked. Juvenus. He had to get a cover. Hanoveranus. You don't have to. Nope. <laughs> Juvenus well, hand over anus. Okay. So <laughs> that, that just seems wrong. But I mean, that, that poor, poor guy. Ch- I know. He's just like a wild wait till, boy. Wait, wait. Let me just go because he's just this poor guy. So there was a BBC article that I read, um, and there's this lady, Lucy Worsley, who's a curator at the historic royal palaces, and she studied a portrait that somebody painted of Peter, mm-hmm. and um, they came up with this new analysis based on the portrait um, that he may have had some rare genetic condition known as Pitt-Hopkins syndrome. It's a chromosomal abnormal- abnormality, mm. and it's indicated by short stature, a lustrous mop of thick curly hair, oh. hooded eyelids. A Cupid's bow mouth with a pronounced curve to the upper lip. He disliked clothes and was like, they had to like wrestle him into it. And <laughs> and there's um, a picture, in the picture, he's holding acorns or something. And and it's showing that some of the fingers on his left hand are fused. 
Oh. Actually, he probably just, again, had a disability Mm -hmm. and was just like left. But when he went to England originally, he became a ward of the princess who later became Queen Caroline. They all like they really tried to help him. Actually, they were pretty nice to him and they tried to give him an education, but he just never learned to speak. He mm-hmm. could repeat a few words, but he was really kind of like funny and nice to people. He would always try to steal kisses. In, That's kind of cute. Yeah. But can you imagine like some like naked like, <laughs> guy like, like running after you? The, get... the king is like, here's my wild boy. <laughs> Just, and the ladies are like, the ah! hair. <laughs> Sorry. There's like so much hair. The ladies are like, God, please don't. But he also had a propensity to wander off and get into trouble. And there was this time in the summer of 1751, I guess he went missing, and they, they placed all these advertisements in the newspapers <laughs> offering a reward for his return. And he came back a few um, weeks later. Oh so after that, they got him a collar. <laughs> I feel so bad so- laughing at this. But... <laughs> This makes me, was that like the very first like but, missing, missing animal poster? <laughs> like like it, they like go into the town and like, you know, like hammer it up on the, on the announcement board and they're like, hear ye, hear ye. But I feel like one of the pictures that we're going to have is like the drawing of that, like, <laughs> help us find our wild boy. He's missing. Missing. Yeah. And so they had a collar, a leather collar made for him. Oh my God. And it's actually at this museum. Is it studded? No, and they're like, they're like, it actually reads, the inscription reads, Peter, the wild man of Hanover, whoever will bring him to Mr. Finn at Berkhamsted shall be paid for their trouble. And they actually, he ended up, they kind of were like, we're good. And they sent him out to live in this farm and they took good care of him. They were like, the farmers were really fond of him. And, you know, so he lived his life there and died in his 70s. There's even a headstone, which I'll we'll post that picture. When he died, when yeah. he was in his 70s, the locals paid for a headstone. And even today, they put flowers on oh, his grave. That's kind of sweet. Yeah. And so his the collar is in the museum, and there's some pictures and all that stuff. So I guess he's like really famous. That is the story of Peter, the wild boy, which I don't think he was. He, he doesn't really fit the raised by animals thing which is yeah the theme i was trying to stick with but 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 it's just an interesting story yeah and we don't know how he made it for so long you know right. so well and he lived till he was 70 that's yeah apparently everybody like really was they were really nice to him and they took care of him which i like that nice. had a good ending and the collar yeah. wasn't meant to be like mean or anything it was just really they wanted him to be found when he would like wander off right it's like I'm suppressing all these jokes about animals right now. It's so hard. Because I'm trying to be respectful. <laughs> I want, but I want to make so many jokes. Right I know. Now. I know. It's okay. Real quick, another wolf boy from India. We're jumping back. But I was trying to kind of follow. I know I jumped back to the 1700s, but now mm-hmm. I'm kind of back in modern day. Okay. And the rest of these are more modern day, like, you know, in the 1900s. All right. All right, so the next one is in the 1970s. Cool. Shamdia. Shamdia. Or Wolf Boy. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, poor kids. Can, can people come up with better names? More unique? I mean, Wolf Boy, Wild Boy, come on. I don't know. What like, would you call them? Survival something. Something, something more cool. like something cooler. Rex. Like, look <laughs> Wolfy. <laughs> Just something like that really shows that like look at the this kid like child whatever survived yeah badass fucking did it yeah 
without tools. Yeah. Naked and Afraid get to bring one tool with them. Yeah, they're all pretty unoriginal. It's like if you look up feral children, it's like bird boy, monkey boy, wolf girl. It's all like dog girl. Yeah. Yeah. He was also referred to as Ramu, and I even saw Romulus. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> Just... Well, because Romulus and Remus were wolf boys. Yes. I didn't talk about them. Romulus and Remus, and you know why I didn't talk about them was for this reason. <laughs> but that goes back to like the 1300s. Yeah. Well, I thought Romulus and Remus were um, Greek wasn't that like a great thing yeah and just to like give some context as to why this is so funny because i don't think we kept it in that episode i had misunderstood when jen pronounced a name ronald right yeah and i thought you said romulus and then i had this like laughing fit Mm -hmm. so we had to cut that out of one of the things so anyway yeah, there was in Roman mythology, there's a Romulus and a Remus. So I don't know, but this is in yeah. India. So, but well, I mean, it's 1970. They would have learned by about the Greek. You know what I mean? Like, but listen, there's in the world. Okay, so he was also referred to as Ramu and even Baloo, which Baloo. means bear. Baloo, like Baloo. Baloo. From the Jungle Book. Yeah, but it just means bear. Right. Right. That's kind of cute. It's kind of cute. He had found, been found living in a forest in the north of India with some wolf cubs again mm-hmm. in 1976 when he was four. Dang. I know. He was said to have been, you know, same thing, matted hair and claw-like nails. And it seemed like he'd been living with the wolves for a long time. He was taken to a home for the destitute run by Mother Teresa's missionaries of charity. And there's actually a picture of him with Mother Teresa. So that's pretty sweet. That's interesting. Yeah. Mother Teresa is kind of, there are some differing opinions on her now. What? Yeah. So Mother Teresa is like, I think we grew up in the generation was like, wow, she's this amazing person. Like yes. all of this stuff. Yes. Same with Please Gandhi. Please don't ruin it for me. I'm so sorry. Same with Gandhi. Like I've read some things that are kind of like. Scandalous? Scandalous. Like what? Just mistreatment. And I don't know. But yeah, there's some negative opinions about Mother Teresa and also and also Gandhi. Okay. Well, but, We'll just leave it there. Yeah. Leave it there for other people to talk about. You guys can talk about it. on. You guys can talk about it all you want. Anyway, there's not much on him. He gave, like, he kind of got a little better. He gave up his preference for raw meat. Paleo wasn't working out for him. Wasn't working out. He did. He never learned to speak. For some reason, they renamed him Pascal. I'm like, how many names are you going to give this kid? We got Ramu, Balu. Pascal. Shemdea. And now Pascal, like the poor kid. Pascal. Pascal. He doesn't like, know what's going on. Like the little lizard in uh, in the new Disney. Well, it's not new now. Jeez. Oh, my God. You're talking about the... Tangled. Tangled. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Little, little chameleon. Yeah. He's a chameleon. All right. And they don't know why. They didn't say why or how, but he died in 1985 at the age of 17. Probably oh. because of his... Well, yeah. They didn't have a very good start. So yeah. it's not yeah. like they were getting nutritious meals. You know, some of these remind me of i forget the who it was who did this there was this family and they would there was like a a, an infant a child that they would lock in a room oh yeah no that's uh in a high chair the little girl right yeah i did read about her and Um, she never developed any yeah language skills because that that period of time is so important from i mean i just think about my son growing up in that 
period of time and the amount that they learn just daily. Her name was Jeannie. I did actually watch a little bit about that. It was super sad. It was like she she had an older brother Mm-hmm. And the dad was just a freaking psycho, basically. Right. And um, I mean, that was like mom, dad, a brother, and then her. And something was going on with her hips when she was younger. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't walk well. It was taking her a while to learn how to walk. And so the dad just decided that she wasn't worth his time right. or effort or keeping her around. And he was extremely abusive and was abusing the mom. And, um, and then ended up, yeah, locking this poor ro- girl in a dark room. Like mm-hmm. all the shades. And yeah, she would be during the day. She was like tied to a stool. Yeah, like a high like chair. A toilet. But it was like had like a thing. Yeah. And then, yeah. So tied to like a high chair toilet thing. And then at night she was like in a in crib, crib. Mm-hmm. and it was covered. So she couldn't get out. Eventually, somehow the mom was supposed to go somewhere and she ended up accidentally at social services with this girl. And they were like, what the actual right is wrong with your child and so they ended up taking her and yeah she could barely walk she couldn't talk she just made noises and she couldn't she didn't know how to use the restroom properly and she didn't know anything yeah and so they put the mother in jail the dad ended up committing suicide i think is what i read but it was like a really tragic story and so she's basically always been in some sort of home mm-hmm. because she never could recover from that so yeah that's that i did read that story about Jeannie, but that case is you know yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just it's not that's just 100 percent. but yeah just abuse rem- yeah for sure and well, i mean all of these are neglect or abuse yes almost all of them yeah in some case the next one i'm going to read is kind of the same actually it's pretty mm. sad except that this girl her name was um oksana is she russian ukrainian oksana like oksana malaya so she is the Ukrainian dog girl. And I feel bad saying that because she hates it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but that's what they called her. If I got no called. No one wants to be called a dog girl. I mean, no. I'd be cool with like chicken girl. Well, like that makes I'm okay sense. with that. But well, anyway, she was born in 1983, totally normal. Mm-hmm. But her parents were complete shit bags and alcoholics. And when she was like two or three, they just kind of forgot about her completely. And it was a freezing cold night. And she was left outside and she crawled to the dog kennel and curled up with the dogs to stay warm because dogs are sweet and I... they kept her warm. And she stayed there for six years. Uh huh. I don't even. She like, just ate scraps. Like they just kind of were like, oh, yeah, you're good. And they just left her out there. And I don't know how it took six years in 1991 for a neighbor. I mean, maybe they were like far away from other neighbors. I don't know why it took so long for somebody to be like, you know what? That girl's just been living with the dogs, and I feel like that's not right. This is blowing my mind right now. She was eight years old, and she barked. She ran around. She acted like a dog because that is all she ever knew because her parents completely ignored her and left her with the dogs. They were like, hey, we're just going to go. It's just like. We're just going to be drunk. I cannot even. I know. I know. Comprehend. This poor girl. So she couldn't talk. She like obviously didn't have any kind of basic skills Mm -hmm. and she did act like a dog she ran around on all fours she slept on the floor she like licked her i mean she was like that's all she knew they the dogs are obviously way better than the humans and i was just about to say that this is just another example of how dogs we don't deserve them 
Yeah. And, and just animals in general are like, here, you know, you're going to throw this child away into the forest or you're mm-hmm. going to neglect this child. Like, and we'll I take feel care like this is the moral of my whole story mm-hmm. is that there's a, some really shitty circumstances for a lot of these kids, whether it's their parents or they got lost or they wandered, whatever happened. But the animals took care of them. Yeah. Even wild animals in yeah. some of these cases took care. And, you know, wolves aren't that far removed from our dogs. Domesticated dogs. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they took care of them. So I just <sighs> feel like in the end, we just have to be like, yay, animals and right. boo, humans. <laughs> <laughs> She um, was then taken to a home for disabled children, and they did teach her to speak. They really worked with her a lot. She learned Mm -hmm. how to kind of be a normal human, like walk correctly and eat correctly. And she really, they got her working on the farm because obviously she really connected with animals. Right. And she loved working on the farm. I actually watched this video where she gave an interview. Of course, it's in Ukrainian and I didn't understand it, but it was, (laughs) (laughs) but they, it was, you know. There was some audio there in English. And she she was basically like, I just want to be treated normally. She had a boyfriend. Oh. And um, she really didn't want to be called dog girl anymore. And I'm like, hell yeah. Stop calling her dog girl. And well, I just did. So I'm sorry. But that was what it, the Well, I have to story. say that Oksana has something up on me if she has a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Come on. Well... Yeah. It's fine. It's fine, Megan, because we don't know what kind of standards like she was having, you know? Right. I mean, I didn't I assume, see the boyfriend. I assume she and I have a uh, similar uh, love of beards. Pro- maybe. She's hair. really into hair, facial yeah. hair. Well, she, apparently she never completely rehabilitated in the intellectual side of things, mm-hmm. according to the internet. Who knows? This was like from early 2000s or mid 2000, like 2013, 12 or 13 was this interview. So maybe she's doing better now. Maybe yeah. she's married. She could have kids. But I hope she's happy and mm-hmm. I hope she stayed far away from her parents. Yeah, they sound like... It did seems something like happen to them? Did they I, go to jail? I don't know. I didn't see anything about that, but she... I feel like in one of the articles I read that she hoped that she could see her mother someday. And I'm like, isn't that sad? Like that your parents could just do horrible things to you mm-hmm. and people still want to like see them or know who they are. I'm hoping her parents went to jail for this. I mean, you make your kid live with the dogs outside for six years, a two-year-old. That's messed up. It is very messed up. So that's like, she wasn't in the jungle, you know, like some of these other stories, mm-hmm. but she, the dogs, man, they did the job. Yeah. They kept her alive. All, All right. right. All right. The next one. Mm-hmm. This one's really interesting. And I like this. It starts out sad, but it ends up pretty good. Sweet. This is the story of John Sebunaya. Mm-hmm. So this is during the 1980s, Uganda. There was all this civil war happening. Mm-hmm. Um, human rights violations and this this guy was born in kind of the middle of all that and he lived with his parents um, until 1988 when he was around three years old and he witnessed his father murder his mother and he was so scared he ran into the jungle and that actually may have saved him at that time from becoming a child soldier Um, and I guess later his father was found hanged not sure wow if it was self-inflicted or not he was scared. He was hiding. He was three. I can't imagine my three-year-old babies out in the jungle being so scared. 
And then some little vervet monkeys, little sweet vervet monkeys found him. And they kind of slowly approached him and they were like giving him food, like nuts and sweet potatoes. And they eventually he started kind of following them. And at first they were really scared of him. And they realized, I guess, that he was just didn't pose any threat to them. And so he followed them around and learned how to climb trees and get food like them. And they shared with him. They made him part of their little family. Oh, my God. I kind of love this. Uh, Yeah, I know. It's so sweet. And sad. But when he was six years old, so this would have been in 1991, there was this woman named Millie Mm -hmm. from one of the villages. And she saw him with the monkeys and was like, what? (laughs) She went to the village and was like, hey, we got to go get this kid. They said it was like difficult at first because the monkeys were like throwing things at the people (laughs) and were like, get get away. Like, this is our, this is like our kid. He's with us. And they said that he had acted like a monkey, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, he d- had all their same behaviors, but he also said he had long hair and it even had, he had hair on his face and body. Oh, weird. And so at first the locals were like really freaked out. They thought he was some sort of like evil spirit or something. Sure. And later his his adopted father had said like, he was wild. This is a quote. He was wild. He had a lot of hair, which is apparently common in feral children. His knees had grown almost white from walking on them, and his nails had grown hugely and curled around. And of course, he was not house trained or anything. Right. And he said, we still don't know. We can never know how much time he really spent with the monkeys, but it certainly changed him. That kind of reminds me of like feral pigs who get out, Uh and then they just like go live in the jungle, Mm -hmm. and they go from like pink cuties to like growing tusks and all hairy. Yeah. Because he was born normal. Correct. Like there were there were no like abnormalities. No, he wasn't no. special needs. He just experienced this trauma, ran away Mm-mm. and joined the monkey brigade. Yeah. And they said that when they took him back and they cleaned him up and mm-hmm. they actually shaved the the hair, it yeah. didn't come back. Interesting. It was some sort of weird, maybe like survival, you know, yeah. mechanism that his body kind of did. That's, of all of these stories, just being able to live with monkeys, that'd be kind of cool because then like you're saying he learned how to climb and stuff. Yeah. That seems super cool. That's I know. That's a good skill. I just think, I don't know, it it does seem really sweet that this little three-year-old and they're like bringing him food and yeah. trying to kind of rescue him. So mm-hmm. I guess, like I said, his monkey family were like throwing sticks and even him, he was fighting back, but they, they got him. They took him back, gave him some food and were trying to clean him up and he got really sick. Mm. They said at one point they pulled a four foot long tapeworm. <gasps> Ew. Four foot. Oh, that's a big one. Anyway, yeah, he had that going on. So he was not doing too well. He was in really poor health. And they think if he stayed much longer, he wouldn't probably, I mean, he wouldn't have made it. Right. But he made it like three years. That's a long time. First, they had a really hard time kind of dealing with him. He couldn't walk. He was like, he didn't know how to talk. He didn't know. He just, any kind of communication was just like screaming monkey style (laughs) and biting (laughs) can you imagine you'd just be like oh god (laughs) we thought our kids had tantrums that were bad no this would have been really they sent him to an orphanage and you know all these people went to like see this kid and they thought you know some people even wanted him to be killed because they thought he was some sort of evil spirit oh no yeah so there was a apparently, and I didn't see this, but there was a BBC documentary and the anthropologist ended up taking him and placing him with, back with those vervet monkeys that had supposedly raised him just to see like, is this real? And 
they discovered that he could communicate with them at a level that no human, you know, had would be able to achieve. That's cool. Yeah, they said it would take years to get be able to communicate like the way he did. So right. they're like, this is this is the real deal. So what we're learning here is that all biologists, like primatologists, uh-huh. should just go live with. <laughs> yeah, go live with. Well, that's what you know. Jane Goodall did that exactly, and. Um, Gorillas in the Mist. Gorillas in the Mist. Yeah, Diane Fossey. Mm-hmm. They did it. Well, Diane Fossey, that's a story I want to do later. Yeah. And yeah, and so the monkeys even treated him like, you know, they would treat any other member of their of their group. Mm-hmm. And so they said that he was the closest thing to a real Tarzan than any other feral child they ever studied. That's cool. So now we've got, you know, Mowgli. Mowgli. And now we've got Tarzan. But like the real deal. Not so they said even when he smiled, mm-hmm. he smiled in a way that he would expose his gums. And I had to read that and think about it for a minute. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, I know chimpanzees do that. Mm-hmm. He kind of always kept up some of these traits. And he kind of always walked a little funny. Because mm-hmm. even though he learned to walk regularly, it still didn't look right. He had experienced some delayed mental development, of course. Right. Because there are those you know years where kids, mm-hmm. that's where they learn everything, language and... Well, and again, those are like standards of regular society. You know what I mean? Right. Like people who grow up in a traditional type family. Mm-hmm. These are those are standards. Like, but his, I, I, I think about these feral kids, and it's like really their standards are different. Yeah. If we were looking at the standards of them communicating within their family mm-hmm. of wolves or monkeys or whatever, then they're probably like. It's amazing good that they even developed. It's hard enough to develop as a human, but to develop mm-hmm. as an animal that you're not made to be. Right. Right? Yeah. I just think that it's kind of amazing that they adapted like mm-hmm. that and survived. They said that this is kind of cool, that apparently he was very athletic, mm. even with his disability, and he joined the Special Olympics. And in 1999, he ran a marathon. What? And in 2003, he was part of the soccer team for Uganda Special Olympics. Shut the front door. Yeah. And then there's another thing that's really cool about him is apparently he was a, had a beautiful singing voice. And oh. there was this lady, Hillary Cook. She was a dentist from England that was visiting Uganda and like heard him singing. And she took him and he joined this um, Pearl of Africa's children's choir. And he got to go on this three-week tour through the UK. That's cool. Isn't that awesome? He's pretty amazing. Like I would say he's... One of the stories that had a really, you know, good outcome in mm-hmm. the end that most, you know, he seemed to do really well and, you know, kind of thrive. Mm-hmm. And he said that he said, I am grateful. Yes, I am. Because not because of the love from them, from meaning from the monkeys, mm-hmm. but because they did make it possible for me to be loved by other people, by humans. Oh, mm-hmm. And not, you know, sometimes people like when we hear the other stories of the she wolf or whatever being killed that took care of, you know, to me, that would be so traumatizing for Mm -hmm. those kids Mm -hmm. because that was their caretaker, regardless of what anybody thinks. And they were just murdered and then taken. It was very traumatic for them to be rescued in that way. But they didn't kill his family. (laughs) Like his (laughs) monkey family wasn't killed. And. He says later that he didn't blame them. He said they're just interested. You know, people were interested. And I don't think bad of them for that. I was just different. Right. That's That's a good story for you. Yeah, I like that one. It's uplifting. Yeah. The next one is, this is a really interesting story that I read in The Guardian. It's about Marcos Rodriguez Pantova of Spain. 
And so, the, yeah, this, like I said, it was in a 2018 story. And of course, it's also got a very sad beginning, as they all do. Hmm. He was born on June 8th. All these Geminis. I know. They're uh, in 1946. So he was born in the village of Enora in Andalusia. All right. So in Spain. He lived with his parents and his two brothers, which I think were older brothers, the way the story reads. Mm-hmm. The economy had collapsed after a civil war and they were really poor. And they left uh, for Madrid to go look for work. At this time, I think his dad got his job in a brick factory, but not long after, the mom died, Mm. and the dad was having a really hard time, and he met another woman, and he sent his older sons, one to live with a family in Barcelona, and the other one to live with relatives in Madrid, because he just couldn't keep up. But apparently, the stepmom was real nasty, and she would always beat up on Mm. the this guy marcos and she would make him like steal acorns and if he didn't bring enough home then she wouldn't give him any food and she would beat him what's with acorns? so that was like i guess he was like four by the age of four he was i don't know it would say he would steal acorns from the landowner's estate to feed them like they're like just, they would eat them they're like squirrels i guess all well, right i don't know I mean, she sounds weird. They're foraging. This is just terrible. So one day when he thinks he was around six years old, he remembers this guy coming to their house and talking to his dad. And then there was some like exchange. And then the guy took took Marcos. So they sold him. They sold him. Mm. He said, and that was it. His father had sold him and to a rich man. And he never found out how much his dad was paid for him. So they actually took him so that he would tend to this herd of goats. Mm. And apparently that wasn't too uncommon for kids to be out taking care of goats and things like that at an early age. Because like he was, yeah, like six years old. But to be sold was not so common. So apparently that really like chapped his hide for many years. Well, yeah, yeah if I, I think if I were sold. He'd hold some, he'd harbor some. A little pretty, bit of anger. Well, yeah, some resentment. pretty intense angst towards your dad for that one. So this guy took him and the next morning he took him on horseback into the mountains to a cave in the Sierra Morena. And I guess sparsely populated mountains and there's wolves and wild boars. And he basically gave him to this old man shepherd and was like, here's your helper. He slept outside. He was super scared. And this old man, you know, would kind of feed him goat's milk and he taught him how to trap rabbits and light fires. So he kind of taught him some stuff. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't there for very long when the old man was like, hey, I'm going to go and like check on this rabbit and shoot some rabbits. And he never came back. Oh, my God. Did did he die? Does it say? I don't know what happened. The old man was just like, peace out. (laughs) I got to go do this thing. I... My back hurts. And he was never I'm old. heard from again. <laughs> like, same story. Maybe the rabbits ate him. I- <laughs> <laughs> like in Monty Python. He just gave up. <laughs> he, he went to trap the wrong rabbit. <laughs> he went to the cave. All right. <laughs> anyway, I guess the landlord, the owner, would come and check on him, the goats. But Marcos was like, hell no, you're not taking me back. So he would hide. And, like, didn't want that guy to see him because he'd had, like, all these beatings from his freaking stepmom and his dad. And he was scared that he would have to go back if the old man wasn't there. So he's like, I'd rather stay here. So he would hide out. He basically tried to, like, fish and catch rabbits. And he, like, dug around for, you know, tubers and picked berries. And he just tried to survive out there. 
He can't remember how old he was when he encountered the wolves for the first time, but he was still Mm. pretty little. And it was like storming and cold, and he was just looking for some shelter. And so he went into one of the caves, Mm -hmm. and he fell asleep with some pups. And he said he remembers the she-wolf coming back from hunting, and she like growled and snarled at him, but he just kind of stayed laid there and... That she, he thought that she was going to attack him, but, you know, she never did. And she let him eat. And he kind of, they're saying like, you know, he may be embellishing some of this, that how mm-hmm. his relationship with the wolves were, but pretty much it appears that the wolves just tolerated him. Right. And he hung around with them and he would, you know, eat with them. And he even like said he made friends with foxes and snakes. <laughs> I don't know how you make friends with snakes. And that mm. his only enemy was the wild boar because they're cray. They're, they are cray. Yeah. He spoke to the animals in their language, like barking, howling, like that was his, what he did. I do that with my cats. <laughs> Please cut that. <laughs> so after 12 years of this. <laughs> what? 12 years, yes, he was like in his late teens. Some police found him. I don't know how, but they found him hiding in the woods. He was wrapped in deer skin. He had long matted hair. He tried to run away, but they caught him and they took him to a hospital in Madrid. And he stayed there for a year and they just, these nuns were like, we need to fix you. So they tried to like give him an education and rehabilitate him. But now, days, so there's a story, and he's still around, and he's like, it's like 50 years later. Mm -hmm. You know, he still has a hard time. Like, he struggles with fitting into society. And there's a lot of people that have tried to help him, but he has a hard time communicating. And the person interviewing said he had a hard time, like, making eye contact, and he made, like, weird little jokes. Like, he's just very awkward. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, he even said, I had a very bad time among humans for most of his life. So he looks back on the times when he was living wild that it was just the best and he feels like he wish he was never found basically he just had a hard time but he likes to go to the bars and drink and he's known to be kind of a clown well we got chain smoking i feel like he also chain smokes (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's just the best thing to do yeah i'm just i feel like if dana was offered some like if there was a bar close by the orphanage Right. If he could have some, like, you know, shots or some beers with his chain smoking, he'd have been all over that. Listen, Jen, chain smoking is like the smartphone of the 90s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> of the 1890s. R- well, all the 90s. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah. You know, you can't talk to anybody. They don't like when you bark at them or growl. I mean, I mean, some people do, but it's yeah, most people don't. Most people don't. They might put a collar on you. Oh, God. Good God. <laughs> now, I guess he lives with out on a farm with some people that take care of him. <laughs> this is going out on a farm. <laughs> but he basically, he's just kind of like hangs out. He walks to the bar and it's, I think there was a, it says a retired policeman kind of took him in and he likes it because he's more out near Mm -hmm. the mountains it's a peaceful quiet life and he likes it because people kind of leave him alone and that's that's the story of marcos it's crazy 12 years 12 years but his dad sold him come on people just i'm not happy about these parents i am very unhappy with these parents i think also if i didn't have a kid i wouldn't 
be happy with the parents, but I wouldn't feel so enraged. Like right now, I feel enraged at that. Like, how could you? Yeah. It's a, it's a different story when, and there's nothing wrong with anybody that doesn't have yeah, kids. Yeah. And I totally know, yeah. you know, you get it. I mean, you know, I mean, even me, I was, these things really upset me before I had kids. But having kids, you're like, really? Can you imagine your two-year-old or three-year-old? I can't imagine my 12-year-old. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, he can't even wipe the seat. <laughs> he's gonna hate this someday (laughs) he's gonna be so angry right i know my Uh, kids like they can barely stay outside and then they're like i got this mosquito bite oh my god and they'll tell me about it for like five days until it's completely still there it's still there i think i need a band-aid oh my god they would not cope well living with she wolves i'm like go go check the mail it's so far away you know (laughs) it's so hot so I, i actually only have one more story there's a bazillion stories of feral, feral children. You would Which not believe it. Blows my mind. It's insane. They just go on and on. There's like Gazelle Boy. There's and they're all really interesting. But I had mm-hmm. to like narrow it down. Right, right. To the ones that I thought was because we only have four hours for this podcast. Exactly. So. We have a four hour limit. So <laughs> there's one more that I think is so crazy. So the next story is about a female. Her name is. NG, so Ng Chady. And this is a story from 2012 that I found. She's um, an Indian girl who was, her and another little girl went missing when she was around four years old from mm-hmm. her village, a small village in Saiha, which is the southernmost district of Mizoram. So it's bordering Myanmar. They found her 38 years later. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That just threw me for a huge loop. Yes. What the fu- Which really puts in question, you know how they were saying like the boy in Uganda would have died when he was with the monkeys, but would he have? Yeah, I know. Okay. So anyway, her oh family was like, wow, we never thought we'd see her, you know, alive. And so they went missing in 1974. So I guess there was like a heavy rainstorm and they assumed that they didn't survive. But one of the girls ended up coming back later they found her by a stream and she was you know in bad condition but they got her back and they assumed the other girl had died Mm. so apparently she had been some people had been saying they saw like this ghost girl living in a cemetery naked and afraid (laughs) i would be afraid yes of that yes anyway they said that um some people had seen her living in the forest and they were like leaving food for her. And so they found her living in a village cemetery, mostly naked, half dead when they rescued her. So I'm like, what was she? That's 38 years? Like somebody had to be taking care of her during that time. Did she get injured or something? And that's why she was like dying or? I don't know. They were kind of saying that maybe um, somebody had maybe, you know, as a child, like taking care of her in mm-hmm. the forest, but... In some sort of, what's that movie with Jodie Foster? I was just about to say Nell. Nell, yeah. In yeah. some sort of weird Nell way. She could speak only a few words, but she learned a, a little bit more later. And she's apparently doing okay. She likes still with her parents that are in their 60s now. And I just, um, she's not like really shy of like human interaction or anything like that. But she's very childlike. Mm. Learning new uh, words and skills every day. And helping her mom and... 38 years so i'm not sure there's no there's really nothing saying that she was 
raised by any kind of animals, Animal. but they said she had long hair and long nails and she was living in the forest. She's just chilling out in some cemetery. But she seemed like she was pretty far away from her house. Mm. How old was she again? When she so was- she was four. And she, when she was found, she was um, 42. Holy shit. Yep, yep, yep. That's a crazy story. I just had to throw that in there. There's probably more on that somewhere. But I just found that article and I had to bring it up because yeah, that's that's nuts. That's I mean, the guy nuts. being gone for 12 years is pretty nuts. But this is even more insane. With all these studies, of course, they've shown that a lot of these feral children cannot incorporate themselves back into society with, Mm -hmm. you know, they continue to live in this like space between civilization and wilderness. Mm -hmm. They can never seem to bridge the language part of it because there's just that critical period in a child's like we we talked about in the upbringing. There's a there's a time when they really learn language. And if if you bypass that time in a child's life, they just really lose the ability to grasp words and comprehend speech fully. Something about wolves. I mm-hmm. talked a little bit about it. My um, organizations that I think we should support for this episode are all related to wolves. I love it. Although the vervet monkey, come on. I should find something for them. But yeah. I think I think, feel like the, well, this is mostly around wolves and that they're so vilified and yes. hunted mm-hmm. and constantly struggling to find habitat. And I pulled a quote from this guy who works with the gray wolves in the U.S., His name is Ed Bangs. (laughs) But anyway, he said, I've always said that the best wolf habitat resides in the human heart. You have to leave a little space for them to live. Isn't that sweet? That's so sweet. I feel like I want to get one of those wolf t-shirts, you know, with like the American flag behind it. Okay. So listen, when I first started playing derby, I really wanted... When I was like really playing, I was in Hawaii, right? With the moon. And I really wanted to make my derby name Howley. Like, oh, I get like it. Howley, I get it. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like uh, a wolf. But I. But I would. Yeah, I was planning on like painting my face or like always wearing some kind of like really just outrageous wolf shirt. That would be pretty cool. <sighs> I'm kind of picturing Teen Wolf. Yeah. Like something along the lines of that. Definitely. Yeah. 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 I mean, they could have come. That's a good name. Like Howley could have been a name instead of Wolf Boy. Yeah. At the at the time, the person who was in charge of like the new skater recruiting, whatever, mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's kind of offensive. And I was like, is it though? Because I'm white. So <laughs> I'm making fun of myself. Like it's self-deprecating. Anyway. No, I, I, it's probably better you chose not to do that. But I do. Yeah. I do appreciate the T-shirt idea. Well, for sure. Yeah. Well, you know what? You can actually go to these organizations and support them and get your own cool wool t-shirt. And Oh, no, Jen. (laughs) No, they're really cool. So let me tell you about one. Mm -hmm. It's called the International Wolf Center, and it's at wolf.org. Can't forget that. Easy peasy. And the the International Wolf Center advances the survival of wolf populations by teaching about wolves and their relationship to wildlands and the human role in their future. They are a big part of the, you know, I think we mentioned this in another episode, but like ecology webs. Yes. Like they're a super right. important. They support projects in um, in India. And there's actually in some areas around the Himalayan region, there's 4,000 to 6,000 wolves. Hmm. Um, actually, sorry, um, that's in the peninsula region. There's 400 to 1,100 gray wolves living in the Himalayan region. The population is stable right now, but they have full legal protection. I was glad to hear that. That's good to know. Which brings up more conflict when the wolves are stealing, (laughs) you know, the 
livestock, livestock. right right mm-hmm. because they cannot they're not supposed to shoot them or kill them or anything right. like that they just need to do whatever they can to protect their their herds mm-hmm. and then the other one is the uk wolf conservation trust and i'll put all these links we'll put this links up so people can go and they all have cool t-shirts so just (laughs) and they have two projects in india studying wolf populations and genetics and then the last one i was going to throw out there is the wolf conservation center which is nywolf.org and they just said the environment needs wolves wolves are worth saving i love it we agree 100 percent the last thing i wanted to bring up that people should check out because as soon as I typed in feral children, this uh-huh. woman came up. Her name's Julia Fullerton Batten, and she's an artist, a photographer and an artist. And she did this whole series in 2015 of feral children. What? And they are super like haunting and beautiful and so cool. And you should really check it out. All right. I don't know if she'd be cool with us putting the link, but I don't see why not. Because it's so they're so neat looking. Yeah. Yeah. So check that out. And that is my story, Megan. My stories. Stories. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's fun. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Because they are actually stories of survival. They are. And well, survival with no survival skills. Yeah. For children, survival yeah. stories. And it's yeah. just insane. And I mean, these are the ones that sur- that did survive. Imagine all these kids that got... Didn't. That yeah. didn't, you know. Some of them have okay outcomes. Mm-hmm. You know, they ended up all right in the end. Just really interesting. I mean, I know that as like sociologists and psychologists would have, I'm sure they've just gone down every avenue of studying these kids. So Megan. Yes, Jen. What would you put in your (laughs) emergency preparedness kit? If you were a feral (laughs) three-year-old, well, I guess you weren't feral yet, but if you were cast in the jungle with a (laughs) she-wolf at the age of three. I mean, we already have four cats and a trained grizzly. Yeah. Those would definitely come in handy in these situations well we already have all those things all those handy Mm. things so one of the things i noticed in these stories Mm -hmm. is that the feral children kind of were like cool with their animal families yeah they seemed pretty happy and they were not happy to be ripped away from their animal family and likely traumatized when their animal family was murdered yeah in front of them straight up murdered their she-wolf mother So I'm thinking about how, like, some people take bear spray out into the woods to keep bears away. Okay. All right. I'm following. But what if you had, like, a human spray? Okay. Right. Yeah. And in homage to Linnaeus. Oh, Linnaeus. Yeah. Let's dub this human spray Repellus (laughs) Assholus. And I think that is what... So we're going to have a human repellent. Yes. Human repellent spray. Yes. What is it called again? Repellus assholus. I love it. <laughs> I, let's Hey, wait. We're, we're marketing this. Yeah, well, of hey, course. Hey, this is ours. Don't steal our idea. Uh, copyright. TM. Yes. yes. Fucking all this the things. This is ours. <laughs> Repellus. Assholus. Assholus. It's definitely Latin. And listen, Jen, I know Latin. All right, because I, I took, you know, like almost four years of it. Wait, wait, wait. In high school and college. You took Latin? Like you they were like, what do you want to do? Spanish, French, and you were like, a Latin, please. And I was like, I'm going to be a biologist one day, so I really need to learn Latin. That's actually really smart and super nerdy. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a dead language, Megan. 
Well, well, technically, there are some places. I think there's a place in Sweden that still speaks it. No. I have a good friend. Is that, is that true? It's true. It's total. I, it's Girl Scouts honor. <laughs> really? You were never a Girl Scout. I, you... I had to sign up to be one. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I, you know what? I'm going to go verify it after this episode. And Okay. Pretty sure no one speaks Latin anymore. Vindicated. But you took it for four years. Mm-hmm. Wow, Megan. I'm impressed, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, don't be impressed. It, I've, I mean, all I can remember is like, salve, quidagus, bene bene. It's just like, hi, how are you? Well, that's Good. pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, bene bene. <laughs> that sounds very, yeah. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool. And actually, you might remember that when we were beginning Peace Corps, mm-hmm. uh, when we all first met each other, our group, mm-hmm. we were at that hotel, LA. California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had never been to LA, but that's a whole nother story. So, right. <laughs> and they had a page, they had like a paper, and they took one line from everyone's resume. And for whatever reason, I thought it was really important to put on my resume that I had 3.5 years of Latin experience. I think because maybe we had to put language information in our resume for Peace Corps. I vaguely remember that. This is a very long time ago. Many years. I, I don't even have a clue. It's crazy the stuff you remember <laughs> uh, that I absolutely do not remember. I have no recollection of what I wrote. I might still have my piece of paper. I kept a lot of stuff. That is crazy. I wish I could remember what yours was. I definitely remember that mine was 3.5 years of Latin. And I was like, why did they put this on there of all the things? <laughs> Because I, I we were really natural, like we were natural resources conservation development volunteers, and it was like there were also education volunteers, right? And like almost, I remember almost all of the natural resources volunteers had stuff about biology, right? Marine mm-hmm. resources, right? And then it was just like mine was like three point five years of Latin, and Nerd. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Way to like first impression. I know we're like, don't talk to that girl. She's weird. She's super weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's so good. Good times. That was a good time. Yeah. So, okay. So now we have a new thing to add to our emergency preparedness kit. Some repellus assholius. Perfect. I'm I'm all over that. I feel like (laughs) that's something we could use in everyday life. Oh, yeah. 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 100%. Someone doesn't put their mask over their nose. You're getting a little spray of the, the repellus as holius. R-A, right in your face. <laughs> Good one. I love it. Mm-hmm. Put it in the bag. Done. Done, done deal. Done and done. So right. with that, I guess we're wrapping up episode seven. seven. Yep, that's mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. be sure to follow us on the Instagram. You're going to die out there. Send us a Gmail at you're going to die out there at gmail.com. The Twitters. Oh, you're you're going to die. Oh, one. It's all of the places that you want to listen to us. Yep. We're on them. All of them. So be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. All the things. Yes. All right. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back for another episode with Megan's amazing story next week. Yes. But in the meantime, we'll have some Peace Corps stories to share with you. So tune in. Peace Corps week. Yay. Woohoo. So in the meantime, don't die out there. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.